Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey everyone and welcome to Pixels, a podcast for the discerning gamer. everyone and welcome to Pixels. This is going to be a very weird, different bonus patchwork episode. Uh, I'm Patrick Beja and usually we get people uh, to talk about the things that have been happening in the gaming industry and we cover the news. But this is a bonus episode about BlizzCon. As many of you know, BlizzCon is happening uh, right now as I'm recording this. It might be released a, a day or two later, but um, it's happening right now in California, and for once, I'm not there, which makes me sad, of course, because BlizzCon is a time where I usually go and have fun with, be with my people, my friends, and um, all of the, the, the community of Blizzard games, but this year... For many reasons, I'm not there. And uh, so I've decided to still do a bonus episode of Pixels. This isn't, you know, a regular one. You're still going to get, you got the one last week and we'll get another one next week, hopefully, if things go well. Uh, but for BlizzCon, as Again, many of you know I have a very strong affinity with Blizzard games and, and BlizzCon is always a fun time. Uh, and we always do a, a summary of what's been happening there. So I've asked a few people to send me um, feedback on how things went. And I also recorded a special episode of uh, the Icy Veins podcast, which many of you know I do with uh, Icy Veins, which is a big site in the Blizzard Games community. And I decided I'm going to mash all of this together and we're going to put it out on the Pixels feed. So hopefully you guys get a good uh, picture, a good image of everything that's been happening at BlizzCon. And since I think everyone I'm talking to uh, or who has sent me segments is there, I don't think I know they're all there. Um, hopefully you would get a, you will get a good feeling uh, for what it's been like this year. So as I said, uh, at the end of the show, there will be the big main course of the Icy Veins uh, podcast discussion. Um, I'm talking with, well, you know what, let's go over it uh, a bit by bit. Um, we'll have that at the end. But first, let's start with uh, our good friends, Terpster and Jocelyn, who are talking about the opening ceremony itself, going through everything that they uh, uh, saw and how it played out on stage. So I think that's a really cool segment. And uh, let's play it now. Hello, Patrick. Uh, this is me. Uh, it's day one at BlizzCon. And uh, wow, what a day it has been. I'm joined by Jocelyn. Hello, Jocelyn. Hello. There you go. I'm moving the phone in between us, Patrick, because I'm a professional broadcaster. Um, <laughs> So my, my thoughts uh, were all over the place, actually, to be honest with you. Uh, so firstly, they announced uh, a new cop, Commander for StarCraft II, as a side note. 
which was interesting. Uh, and it was then, first, though, so yeah, very important. It was first, exactly. Jay, Jay, well, what was most important was um, the most awkward um, surprise prank uh, uh, <laughs> ceremony ever, where they asked everyone to like hold up some cards, uh, and uh, it was a surprise to Mike Morheim, and he would be able to... Uh, uh, just leave with a big smile on his face. However, the lights in the venue just meant that you couldn't see. There were blue and white cards. That I think they spout out like Mike or Blizzard or something like that. Oh, and it just looked like plain white exactly. cards. Exactly. So you it just see anything. so everyone nothing, and so they stood up there, and it was just like Mike's like, "What is this?" <laughs> and Jay, Jay's <laughs> Jab's just going like, "It's for you, Mike. <laughs> you made this. You made this." <laughs> 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 Mike's, Mike's got this look on his face like, don't say I did this. This is terrible. <laughs> what the hell is this? Um, so that was great. Anyway, so then uh, Jab goes on to talk about StarCraft Two, new co-op commander. Uh, uh, who was it? Zeratul? Was it already Zeratul? I don't know. Anyway, it's someone. Um, and that's, again, that was the amount of thought that everyone gave it. Uh, then they go on to Heroes of the Storm and they show off a, an anime movie um, that has a new character um, and I don't, I don't like it. What well, do it's it's totally new to Heroes, which is actually really, really cool that they're mm-hmm. kind of starting to think outside the box and not just pulling mm. from other franchises. I don't think that's anything that anyone thought Heroes would do, was just no, to create exactly, something yeah. totally new to them. So I think it's really interesting. She looks cool, and I've heard a lot of people on the show floor talking about how she has a very high skill cap, which is good, okay. because she looks very powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's nice that she's going to be hard to play as well. Yeah, I just don't like the fact it's some sort of demon infested little girl type thing it just feels really generic anime stuff that i would never watch in a million years but even in my descriptions it makes it feel like i have watched i don't watch <laughs> that sort of stuff he totally yeah is that no because totally it's does. creepy and it's a sort of <laughs> she's actually twenty thousand years old it's fine it's like no no she's a school Still girl this is, this is weird um anyway so then after that uh they went over to the hearthstone stage where Ben Thompson proceeded to talk for about 20 minutes, uh, but with no mic on. Um, and that <laughs> was great. It was really funny, because yeah. I was actually at the Hearthstone oh, yeah, stage. Oh, yeah, So could you hear it? Or oh, we did... could hear it, yeah. Okay, okay. It was fine. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they go to the Overwatch stage, and we're all yeah. like, what? what's happening? So they, no one on? knew then? Okay, no. so Thompson didn't know anything? No, oh, no. Fuck. Okay. Yeah, it was really, and then all of a sudden, he was still sitting there talking while, yeah. you know, Jeff's yeah. talking in the background, and yeah. he was like, I, I guess I just stopped now. Yeah. <laughs> Like, oh, poor Ben. So and that- then we didn't get our, our Hearthstone expansion reveal at the Hearthstone stage. No. So everyone who was super stoked for Hearthstone was like, oh, okay. Yeah. It, was, it was unfortunate. But. So then Papa Jeff came out and just, yes. like, owned it again. He just showed how much, how much more comfortable he is in this sort of, you know, role. Uh, no, no auto cue, no anything. Just came out with a microphone, just had fun, started talking, joked about and, stuff, yeah. and it was the perfect guy to be able to step in as an emergency guy. Uh, you know, when tech went wrong, mm-hmm. um, made some great jokes, and then uh, they showed off the new animated short from Overwatch, uh, which has McCree and introduced a new character of Ash. Um, she seems fun. Yeah, yeah she yeah. does. Uh, she her role is Bob. And uh, Bob is completely broken and overpowered, but it's BlizzCon, <laughs> so I'm sure I'm sure that'll get fixed. But at the moment, you know, super super strong. Uh, they also gave a, a bit of a tease too with that robot character Echo. Yes, Echo. Obviously, yeah. I thought it was um, going to be Athena mm. because originally there was concept art of this character, and people thought, oh, that's Athena, you know, and that was going to be her getting a body, a bit like you know, um, was it Evie or whatever it was in uh, in Mass Effect, you know, where they just give a AI a body. Yes. But yeah, yeah. so I don't know. It's it, it's nice to have uh, uh, opportunity for there to be something down the line. 
So, you know, we'll, we'll see, obviously, where that goes. But, yeah, look, fun character, cool reveal, yeah, expertly done. And then they pass it over for what, for me, was the biggest surprise, which was the uh, Warcraft 3 Reforged. Oh, yes. And, like, holy moly. I am so stoked for that because it's a game that I never had a chance to play. Oh, I didn't, oh, I didn't really? come to Blizzard oh, and the wow. Warcraft universe and okay. everything until way into World of Warcraft. Oh, so wow. Okay. It was basically like maybe a year before Hearthstone came out is when I started to oh, get well, into oh, oh, all oh, the Blizzard stuff. Okay. So You're in for a treat. Oh, yeah. Treat. I'm so excited. So, so um, completely remastered Warcraft 3. And based on the website, it looks like Frozen Throne as well, which was the expansion. But they didn't talk about that at the reveal. Yeah. So I, th- I think that's right. Um, but it's got all of the... Um, uh, mini games, uh, you know, kind of all the map editor. That's where Dota was made. Mm-hmm. That's where that whole genre yeah, they, came they from, and they, they, they that, alluded yeah. at that. Um, but like Elemental Tower Defense, uh, Uther Party, you know, we've got all of these really fun uh, games that people made um, that hopefully. Uh, they can either port straight over or people remake. Um, I'm really excited about what, how that can be used in the future. Uh, and it was really fun, actually. They remastered the cinematic from Warcraft 3, so they made a brand new cinematic of the same thing. Uh, but, they, for example, they censored it a bit. So in the original one, you've got like, these uh, dismembered hands uh, <laughs> at the end. Uh, but on this one, they left the hands attached to the bodies. And oh. again, I don't know if it's a, you know, trying to keep it, you know, PG-13 or whatever they need to. Or if actually in higher fidelity now, that's just a bit much. And you can get away with it when it's a bit lo-fi and the rest from a 16-year-old thing. Right, yeah. Um, but equally, like on the McCree movie, he didn't kill anyone. It was all very fine it's and, all very yeah, safe exactly how will I shoot these people I know I'll um, shoot the rocks behind them and then they get horrifically crushed but in a comedic way so that's fine um, <laughs> so then off the back of that they did uh, they went back to Thompson didn't they yep um, and he then revealed uh, Rastakan's Rumble he did and it looks really interesting and I'm I I'm excited that they're doing a troll expansion. I feel like I'm a little burnt out on Rastakhan and trolls in general just because I've been playing so much of BFA, Mm. but it did have that super fun Hearthstone spin to it, and I like the way that they're giving each class a Loa. Mm. So I think that there could be some really cool interactions there, and they seem to have put a lot of thought into giving classes multiple ways to play. You know, the, the trash Loa. You know, is is that no, one? No, oh. I know. Oh, come on, Blizz. No, they, they, oh. yeah, they didn't. Uh, they let us all down. They got Hyreek, the bat. Okay, which cool. Was really yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and killed him. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, 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 you killed him. Yeah. yeah so you know, it's good. They should be really easy to defeat. And then uh, we had oh, Bwan Samdi, mm-hmm. which is you know everyone's favorite. And stuff, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, priest. Oh, for priest. For oh, nice, priest, nice, yeah. nice, nice, nice. Uh, and then each different uh, class Tal- is oh, going to get. Okay, yeah, Talani is, is the champion. Ah, okay. So cool, this cool. is the idea: is that you would end up with a champion, and you could build around a champion style deck, or you could build around the Loa style deck, which was where the spirits and the Loa would work together in your deck. So. It seems like they're trying to give each class multiple ways to play. And do you think it will build cool. more variety in the in the game? Because currently it feels very samey. It does kind of feel samey, but at the same time, each class kind of has at least one deck they can play right now. So it's actually the probably the most variety we've had in terms of powerful decks in a long time. I think a lot of the problems with the meta just come from the fact that we have so much variety, so it becomes a lot harder. It's not just like there's a super aggressive deck that's really powerful, so you can build a control deck and it's like you're just on one or the other side. With the whole rock, paper, scissors thing we've got going on right now, you have a lot of really polarizing matchups. So I think, you know, more variety. People have always talked about how they want more variety, but 
then we get a metagame like this, which doesn't feel the best. Yeah. So I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it all turns out because they are kind of like leaning into, as they do every expansion, this whole mechanic around building teams and fighting in the arena. So we'll have to see if it gets enough support and if it works as well as like the odd and even decks did, mm. or if it's just going to be something we try for a couple months and then yeah. it goes away. Yeah, we'll see. And then finally, it was uh, Diablo Immortal, new mobile game yep. made by NetEase with Blizzard. And kind of Blizzard, and yeah. <laughs> it's a mobile Diablo. It's very strange, but I don't know. I've not, I haven't played it yet, uh, Patrick. I am going to play it and I'll tell you about it tomorrow. <laughs> because I think he wanted one of these a day. So we've got to do two. Oh, no. And that's why it's good you're here, because I've kind of only had to do, like, half. Um, but I'm, I'm excited on the whole way. I mean, it's, it's BlizzCon. At the end of the day, you come into this, this show knowing that it's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a question of how and what and why. Um, you know, playing WoW Classic, seeing that WoW Classic's actually now free. Uh, you know, that, that I did not. I, yeah, exactly. I, yeah. I thought they would charge us either for the base game or another subscription. I thought or both. Possibly yeah, both. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I was really worried yeah, about exactly. both. <laughs> and so it's really interesting. And I think, you know, that value adds to the subscription and the thought that it will keep players subscribed for longer is an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I played it on the show floor and it was it's a very slow experience. And that's the thing is you forget how slow Classic WoW is. And... It starts off at level 15. I was level 15. I was a gnome warrior in, in Westfall. And it was just like, yeah, I can't move quickly anywhere. Uh, I can't kill anything quickly. You have no money. I have no money. Exactly. Everything, you know, things are dropping like two copper and you're like, oh, geez. But, I mean, that's going to be that game. So mm-hmm. it, they've got an, a panel tomorrow where they're going to talk through Classic. Uh, I'm excited about that. I think I, I'm excited to hear more and understand kind of how are they... Um, keeping that game moving mm-hmm. uh, without it then becoming all of a sudden it's Wrath of the Lich King and now it's this and now it's that you know so who knows who knows um, anyway thank you Patrick I uh, hope you've enjoyed this lovely um, audio message uh, you're welcome for the free content <laughs> I assume do we get a cut of his Patreon is that what he's going to do oh that's yeah, totally exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so that's good checks in the mail yeah good 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 <laughs> alright we love you and we miss you bye bye Patrick bye Patrick bye bye oh I didn't press record I'm joking Oh, the angle. All right, that was awesome. Uh, thank you so much to Joss and Turfster for taking the time to go through the uh, entire opening ceremony. That was exactly what I was looking for. It feels like I was almost there sitting beside them as I would have been if I had actually been there. And hopefully you feel a little bit like that as well. So thank you so much to both uh, Joss and Turfster. And uh, you can find them on Twitter, of course. I'll put the links in the show notes if you want more from them. And if you're not following uh, Joss on Twitch and listening to The Angry Chicken for all of your Hearthstone needs, then you really should reconsider what you're doing with your life. Uh, so go check that out. And of course, Turfster, he's everywhere. He's at the Yogg's cast and uh, everywhere else where things are happening. Uh, he, he hosts stuff. He streams stuff. So I'm sure you've heard about him already, possibly. But uh, the links to the Twitters are going to be in the show notes if you want more. So again, thanks to both of them. And now let's go to my possibly two favorite people in the entire world. And that includes my family and friends, uh, Taliesin and Evitel. You know, I, I talk about them uh, all the time in real life and on the internet. And that's for good reason, because they are lovely people and they do lovely content. Um, one of that 
one of those pieces of content is this uh, segment they sent me where they talk about everything that has been discussed in uh, World of Warcraft. So let's just play it and you will know everything you need to know about what's been happening for WoW at BlizzCon. So World of Warcraft at BlizzCon 2018. I think the main thing I came away from the entire experience thinking was, I'm really glad I'm not a Diablo player. <laughs> like, we're not going to go into the we're not going Diablo into thing that. because that's not fair on them. It's not fair on that lovely man that did the Diablo <laughs> presentation in the opening ceremony. It's not fair on him. On my heart, it broke. He came out with so much energy and so much love because he knew he was selling a tart. I know. And the second he mentioned the new Blizzard, uh, the new uh, Diablo thing, the, the audible groan across the entire conference center. But we're not going to talk about that because it makes me feel bad. Exactly. And we're not talking about Diablo. We're talking about WoW. Exactly. And there was some really interesting uh, WoW news. I think a lot of people think it's a bit of a mixed bag. I'm not entirely of that opinion. I think WoW uh, and Warcraft in general came into BlizzCon 2018 needing a good con. Yeah. Like it needed a good, solid presentation to get everyone back on side, get them hyped. And we... 90% 90% got that, I felt. Yeah, I mean, from the opening ceremony, I wasn't, like, super blown away from what I saw, and it left me wanting more. But then, when the What's Next panel came on, I was like, boom, 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 yes. <laughs> you were boom, boom, boom. <laughs> I was you know like, what? boom, 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 okay, yes. Like, people listening to this might not believe that, but I was sitting next to you, Avtel, and I can, get, I can confirm. And you can confirm you the boom, 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 boom. But it wasn't just you that's boom, boom, boom. It was Ian Hazacostas and, and the other two guys as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's the thing, yes. The and, and I was not worried, but I was very underwhelmed by the uh, opening ceremony for a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, he didn't tell us anything we didn't know already. He did give us an excellent cinematic yes um, but which was very much a trailer rather than anything enlightening yeah um, particularly if you've been following wow news and you knew, knew where the storyline was going so exactly it, it we all knew that what we needed from wow in blizzcon wouldn't be coming in the uh, the opening ceremony we all knew that the good stuff was going to be in the what's next no but still you hope for a little more right exactly um, especially when you need to get hyped like yeah. and, and and wow players at the moment do but then all of my worries were completely waylaid. Pretty much the second year Ian Hasekoskis came oh, on stage. Oh, yeah. Because that man... Okay, it really annoys me when I, I hear uh, YouTubers and other creators say, and when I read on forums and things, a real buzzword around Ian Hasekoskis, the game director of WoW at the moment, is, oh, he's a lawyer. You can tell he used to be a lawyer. He's a lawyer and he does lawyery things and he's always hedging his bets and being a lawyer. And oh, that does him God. a complete disservice because that man is a minx. He is the only word I can so think of. Sassy. He is sassy and saucy. He's got a swagger. I like it. Um, and <laughs> and also he's a, he's like a genuine showman. He, he is. knows exactly how to kind he of whip is. things up. And um, because he's also incredibly succinct and efficient with his language, mm-hmm. people I, I I don't know. Maybe they're trying to read something into it, but I don't get right. that. When right. I hear people say that, I'm thinking, are we watching the same guy here? Because exactly. And he gives such a good presentation, like kind of without fail for WoW, like. Point A, point B, point C, but also da da da. Yeah. And just, it, it, I, I thought it was really, really satisfying. 
And it was great because what happened was he and uh, his co-presenters came out and they just presented thing after thing after mm-hmm, thing mm-hmm. after thing. And just like WoW content has been for the last couple of years, to be honest, yeah. you never had a chance to dwell on anything. Yeah. Even if it was, whether it was something really good or whether it was something maybe slightly underwhelming. Like you know Island Expeditions because, you know, yeah. give a shit. Yeah. But, um, and, and, but because it became as an onslaught of other things as well, it was really interesting to listen to and it felt like a whole ton of stuff. Whereas maybe sitting back and actually listing it and looking at it, it doesn't seem like that much. But I think there is quite a lot. And it, I felt like it mirrored how WoW delivers content lately. Yeah. Which is just, there's a lot of it. And and they listen. The game, de- de- bleh, bleh. <laughs> the game developers listen. And um, they just deliver more and more content. Like, there is no drought. And there was definitely no drought in the information we got today. So, apart, but you're, we're talking now quality and, and uh, sorry quantity and not quality sure so what was the quality uh unexpected like mecha gnomes <laughs> yeah okay so from a wow point of view we got two new zones uh, which is fantastic. That we're, is pretty we're fantastic. A supposed yeah. daily content, although daily content for eh. WoW uh, is essentially, it, it means daily quests. It, me- quests. it means world quests. Yeah. But with the promise that that would also incorporate other things. Like there was mention of, of, of towers and um, other sort of mechanics from other yeah. expansions being introduced into the, the sort of daily element of gameplay, particularly on Najatar. So yes. a whole new zone with different areas and a big plot in it like um, the, the the best kind of comparison would be Suramar or Argus, I think, um, more likely for those that are familiar yeah. with those mechanics there. How did you feel about Najatar? Najatar, fantastic. The, an idea of an underwater zone, but above water. So <laughs> it, it's an underwater zone that has just literally this second been um, sort of la- uh, uh, raised above the, above the water. So yeah. it has all of the underwater elements. Um, but without any of the hassle. We were trying to find a solution to how you would do an underwater-themed kind of patch or expansion without it being extremely annoying. And, and the they best, found it. Exactly. The best I could come up with was a bubble yeah. around everything. <laughs> so, but I they mean, just took it out of the water. I mean, it feels like it feels like uh, the Broken Shore in, um, in, in Legion 7.2. Yeah. It feels a bit like Argus. I think it'd be a bit more sure. like Argus. I think it's big. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I, it's based around a raid, which mm-hmm. may or may not have an underwater boss, which would be incredibly popular. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> absolutely. But then also, there's the Mechanome zone as well, which sounds fantastic. And again, a whole zone with content and storyline leading up to a dungeon. Mm-hmm. A mega dungeon. Yeah, and I think that's very clever by Blizz because they've yeah. gone, hey, maybe you don't like the underwater aesthetic and vibe. and But that's okay, because we've got a, a completely 100% different aesthetic happening at the exact same time yep. uh, with this whole other new race and these whole other new people. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, 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 I came out of it incredibly satisfied yeah. um, and excited and, and hopeful for the future. And I think most people, I ha- haven't actually sat down and read the... Uh, taken in the the response from the community and the internet yet and I get that the the, the crowd at BlizzCon is a pretty easy crowd yeah um, as far We're as there those for things a go reason, yeah right? exactly and so no one's going to be sort of too harsh on it then there but um, I think they gave us enough I think they have shown us that there is enough new things and exciting things because my goodness Najatar and fighting Ashara yeah and And um, it was a huge mix of things too so even you know future um, Goblin and Worgen uh, kind of a remake 
Uh, fantastic. New models. Yeah, New models, yeah. basically. Um, uh, a long-promised uh, kind of feature. Yes, but even just teasing that. And then just, you know, seeing new mounts, seeing new um, heritage armors pop up. It, it felt like a huge, like hugely diverse amount of content in terms of form, you know? Was it everything that WoW needed? Uh, what does WoW need? It needed hype. It needed excitement. It needed people to be really invested in the idea of the game again, I think. Because I think a lot of disillusionment has, has occurred simply because of a couple of the systems mm. in, in uh, Battle for Azov so far. Because everyone loves the zones. Everyone loves, you know, the aesthetic of it. Everyone loves the dungeons and the raids. Yeah. There's just a couple of core mechanics that um, people hate. Yeah. Uh, which we have promises of those getting fixed. And assuming they do get fixed... Um, which looks likely, actually, in fairness. Like, yeah, like, yeah and they talked about that today. Yeah, and they, they, they did address that without dwelling on it, which is great. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Kind of a, as, as far as Blizzard ever get to an apology, really. Yeah. Going, we understand that you need this and you need these systems to be right. And we're working on so, yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and appreciating that that stuff is always kind of in flux. The, the new, solid, nailed-down features of the upcoming patches, were they enough to keep players excited and playing the game and looking forward to new things in the game. Yeah, I think so. I think there are moments... I had moments of hype. So um, the kind of in-game cinematic with Malfurion really made me go, yeah. And kind of the way this conversation has veered from place to place (laughs) um, kind of shows how much there was. There was a ton. We keep thinking of new things to talk about and and, and that's great. And that's that's got to be a good thing, surely. Yeah, I Um, think so. And and so, yeah, so moments like um, having the kind of Junker Gnome uh, zone reveal that was so unexpected and made me go huh um, the Malfurion thing also really cool other than that I would say that I had like moments of hype but beyond that it was mostly just a feeling of like trust ah oh, yeah like you're in safe hands yeah exactly I was like this feels good I'm getting all kinds of things there's so many things in the works even things that aren't coming for the next months and year who knows um, seeing that they're in the pipeline Made me feel okay. This was meant to be a two-minute kind of recap uh, for Patrick. And Patrick's going to have to edit this now. Oh, Patrick. Sorry, Patrick. But I think that probably gives a fair representation of just how much good stuff there there was. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, uh, we that's our opinion on it. Um, plenty to be looking forward to. Not all of it totally surprising, but some of it incredibly welcome. Some of it incredibly exciting. Yeah. Um, and uh, all of it just lots of. Yeah, lots of. Um, and I love Ian Haskostas. Yeah. Make of that what you will. That's Same. absolutely fine. <laughs> Good luck with the editing, uh, Patrick, and thanks very much. Thanks, Patrick. Sorry. Well, joke's on you, Taliesin and Evitel, because I didn't edit anything. Also, it's early in the morning and I almost didn't sleep, so that's possibly why. But no, really, it's it was a great segment. It's exactly what I was hoping we would get as a quick summary of everything that's been happening in WoW. So thank you so much. Again, these two are amazing. Uh, they are uh, creators on YouTube and they do a YouTube channel that is uh, lovely, wholesome, funny, very well written, and I love them to bits. So if you aren't watching their content, you should really should do that right now and I will put the links in the show notes. Uh, I mean, the, the links to their Twitter in the show notes.
All right, now it's time for the really big segment of the show, which is essentially a, a full other show that I'm lifting from the Icy Veins podcast and putting in this uh, episode. And it's an hour plus long conversation with uh, Deadset, Aleko, and uh, Strafton, who, with whom we go over uh, some of the things that have been just discussed now in the first part of the show, but also a lot of other uh, smaller things, uh, some uh, minutia from the games that uh, you might be interested in. So if you enjoy that, please do uh, go check out the Icy Veins podcast as well, because we do this uh, multiple times a month, and it's a really fun show too. So yeah, let's just go to that episode, and I'll talk to you afterwards. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Icy Veins podcast. This is going to be a very special episode. Uh, of course, the Icy Veins podcast is where we cover the news from the Blizzard world. Is the Bli And the Blizzard world is on fire today because it's BlizzCon time, and BlizzCon is always an incredible experience. Um, there's some interesting stuff to talk about for this BlizzCon. My name is Patrick Beja, and I'm very, very happy to be welcoming live, or not live, but uh, straight from BlizzCon from Anaheim in California, three of the uh, guide writers for Icy Veins. Uh, first, let's start with the ones you all know. Um, let's start with Aleko. How's it going, Aleko? Good. I mean, it's my first BlizzCon, and I had a, a really fun day doing a lot of firsts, uh, meeting a lot of cool people. Um, still a little jet-lagged, but uh, I'm... I'm <laughs> feeling quite positive so <laughs> all right so i'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say about uh rastakhan's rumble the new hearthstone expansion and possibly some overwatch stuff as well uh second the one that got everything he wanted from blizzcon uh deadset our diablo specialist how's it going deadset ah <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> my girl is be speaking for itself uh, okay uh, it's going interesting, for sure. It's my first BlizzCon as well, so if nothing else, at least I'm having fun meeting people, seeing how a BlizzCon happens and all that, seeing all the uh, hubbub yeah, around the that's, event. That's definitely a special feeling, um, and maybe we'll, we'll get a chance to talk about this a little bit. But before we do that, let's introduce our third uh, guest for the show. Uh, Strafton is here, and uh, you like Heroes of the Storm, and you tried some stuff on the show floor how's it going oh, it's going pretty well heroes got some exciting news uh game's going to be changing quite a bit cool and you'll so, you'll uh, tell us all about it um as you can you might hear um the, the, we're all kind of tired. I'm putting on a brave face, but I did not sleep a lot. And these guys, it's the first day we're recording now. Uh, and these guys have been working from the morning and now it's uh, midnight. They're jet lagged. And so we're going to do our best to be coherent. But please, <laughs> please be uh, kind with us because BlizzCon is always like, I, I know th this is one of my first BlizzCon BlizzCons that I didn't go there. And I know people are always like, oh yeah, BlizzCons is super cool and you know it's super fun and you're super happy. And all of these things are true, but it is also incredibly tiring, especially if you're there for work. So just in a couple of minutes, I'm I'm very curious to hear your feelings about BlizzCon. And this is your first for all, all three of you, I believe. Um so how does it feel to be at BlizzCon? Uh, I'm personally the the thing I was most excited for, like even more so than uh, the new like uh, Hearthstone 
uh, reveal or Overwatch the other game. I really like the new Overwatch characters and stuff. Well, just like uh, being part of the like sort of convention or like festival quote unquote experience and like meeting all of these people who I've been like following on Twitch or communicating with online um, for the first time. So uh, that that whole aspect of it has been has lived up to its expectations and more just like uh, especially as uh, as part of like the media and getting to access all these other people who I like I really look up to to be perfectly frank I feel like I'm one of those like the smaller uh, smaller fries I guess so yeah. we're out this big <laughs> the ocean so it's been really really exciting to me all these people that I look up to in these communities here I, I think there's something really special about being amongst people that are really like you. Uh, in, you know, one of the taglines of BlizzCon is welcome home. And, well, at least until they announce something people don't like, uh, it does feel like home a little bit. Uh, how I guess maybe uh, Dead Set Diablo Immortal is not something that you were expecting or uh, hoping for. Did it temper your experience of BlizzCon or do, are you still having a, a good time interacting with everyone? Uh, I think... It's been a few hours, so I can look at the event from a distance. So I think I can manage to separate the two, right? Yeah. So I can still definitely manage to have fun with the event. And it's, of course, like, it sounds a bit overdramatic. Uh, it's not the end of the world, of course, but it was definitely a surprise and uh, mostly not on the pleasant side, I guess. <laughs> I think a lot of the community uh, will be agreeing with you, so I can understand how this would temper your enthusiasm. Uh, we'll do our best to talk about that in a, a reasonable, uh, uh, appeased, neutral way, uh, and, and we'll cover all of that. Uh, Strafton, uh, last word on that, on the experience of being at BlizzCon before we uh, start on the, 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 the games themselves. Uh, it's your first as well, right? Yes. So how how does it feel? Uh, Is it cool, exciting? Yeah, it's it's really cool. I'm, I came in with kind of no expectations. That's kind of how I approach things. And so uh, I'm just kind of seeing everything without having expected anything. The production value of the stages and the uh, statues and... I mean, they had like a Jim Rayner themed bar in there. Uh, <laughs> like, it was pretty cool. And um, as you guys mentioned, just, uh, you know, you have cosplayers, you have people that you recognize from online and meeting them face to face. Sometimes you only heard their voice. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that's, I mean, there's definitely the community thing and then the spectacle as aspect, which is also uh, uh, super fun. I'm, I'm, I haven't decided yet if we should start with the controversial stuff or go to the uh, non-controversial stuff first, and then we go to uh, the things that might ruffle a few feathers. Uh, what do you think? Uh, like Diablo. Uh, <laughs> Dead set, what do you think? Do you want to go first or uh, maybe leave it for last? Oh, I'm open to suggestions. I mean, okay. You know what? Well, we got to save the best for last. Let's save the fireworks. <laughs> okay. okay. So I so go first in that case. <laughs> <laughs> let's save it for last. Uh, let's save it for okay. last. Let's do that. Uh, let's start 
with uh i i'm gonna talk about world of warcraft for a bit because there's a lot that has been announced and uh, a lot of well some unexpected stuff and some tweaks and and changes of course as always if you want all of the details for uh the news you should go to the icy veins site because this is where you know the the news writers and the guide writers are working super hard all night and all day for the next two years two two years well all years but two days uh, and there's a lot of stuff. You know, BlizzCon is about the big announcements that are uh, unleashed at the opening ceremony. But then every panel has interesting stuff in them. And of course, World of Warcraft isn't uh, uh, is the, it's the case for World of Warcraft as well. The What's Next panel had a ton of stuff that I'm probably going to be forgetting. I'm going to try to. Um, talk about the main things uh and and the big stuff and not necessarily as always uh, on the show we don't necessarily go into the small details so please i'm sorry if you, if i don't talk about the uh, main things that uh, you want to hear about or if i forget a couple of things but i'll do my best and i'm a little bit sleep sleep deprived unlike uh, the other guys on the show who are very much sleep deprived but uh so i think if we talk about Warcraft, of course, there's uh, three main things. World of Warcraft itself with the next patches, uh, WoW Classic, and uh, the Warcraft 3 Reforged, which is essentially a remaster of Warcraft 3 that we didn't quite expect. I think we expected to see a Diablo uh, remake, probably, because they have the, the classic games initiative that is going to adapt all of their old games to run better on the current uh, systems. But I don't think people expected Warcraft 3. Um, no. Let, let's start with that, maybe. It's it's a remake of Warcraft 3, but it is really, like, not just a port of the same, uh, uh, you know, engine and everything. They have remade the entire graphics of the game, including at least some of the cinematics, which are one of the highlights of that game. Um, so, so what do you guys think of Warcraft 3 Remastered uh, or Reforged? Did you manage to put your hands on it? Uh, what did you think? For me, it was the best surprise. Yeah. At this year's BlizzCon. Definitely unexpected and absolutely the most exciting news from but the uh, it's, ceremony. It's old stuff, right? It's it's Blizzard making money on, on old stuff. How come everyone's excited about this? I don't get it. It's so good. It's such good old stuff that yeah. just retouching it visually and bringing it up to uh, modern machines is enough for myself and it seems from the reaction for pretty much anyone yeah I and think... i did get my hands on the playable demo and uh it retains all of the quirks that warcraft 3 had uh with its clunky ai <laughs> i mean it's obviously a very upgraded version but they had to retain that feeling of playing warcraft 3 which i think they replicated very very well because the units are just as bumbling and terribly Pathing <laughs> as they used to be in Warcraft 3. That's cool. It sounds cool. Um, Jokes aside, yeah, the mission that's the Kalinga Stratholm, which is a classic mission from the yeah. Warcraft 3 campaign, uh, has been rendered very, very nicely. I think a lot of people don't re realize how much of World of Warcraft comes for War from Warcraft 3. You know, uh, yep. Atla uh, Atlas, Arthas, uh, the Night Elves, uh, the, the Scourge, the Legion, like all of this didn't exist before Warcraft 3. So uh, it might be fun for people to rediscover if, if they haven't played 
and a lot of people have flashbacks from their college youths playing Warcraft 3 or maybe even earlier. And um, so, yeah, I guess some people are are pretty excited. Um, if you're not into old stuff, uh, maybe you're not going to be excited about Warcraft Classic, WoW Classic, rather. Um, for me, it's one of the things I could try because with the virtual ticket, you get access to it. And I have to admit, I mean, it's very well done, but playing it like... Two minutes into it, it confirmed what I thought, which is, wow, this is not for me. <laughs> you know, like I created a mage uh, with because I played a mage when I first started and I was like, oh, so I'm going to go around in West March and, and play a little bit. Uh, Westfall, sorry, this is not Diablo. Um, and, and uh, you know, I, I buff myself with arcane uh, uh, intelligence and frost uh, uh, shield, frost, oh, damn, I'm forgetting my spells um and i'm like half mana is away and so i'm like oh crap okay so i'm gonna summon drinks but i summon food and it's like oh it doesn't regenerate the mana is there drinks as well are they different things or should i go buy it and like it is so old school i i'm very happy for the people who are happy about it but it's definitely not for me um any of you guys excited about WoW Classic and and how it feels? I had a group of friends that like were big old school WoW fans, and they wanted to like, get me into old school WoW. I never really got on the WoW train, so for me, it seems like a cool opportunity to jump in with like some friends that were really excited about like kind of reliving like the early days of it. So that like the social aspect of it might be cool. I think like a lot of people really want that sort of nostalgic experience, so uh, I guess it'll give people like me an opportunity to jump in um like uh, at that level but um personally like speaking like i guess i i don't have like a a, a real reason to be excited about it outside of that <laughs> mm, yeah fair enough uh I think it's going to be interesting for people who have never played it. You're right. Um, and who get to experience it for the first time. I think a lot of them are going to be uh, impressed that we played this for so long in that state. But there is definitely, you know, I don't want to uh, belittle uh, that release. There's definitely a lot of people who are excited about it and who are going to be playing it quite a bit. So uh, I'm sure they're happy. And the big news there is that it's going to be included in the WoW subscription and it's going to be released in 2019, which is also the release window they gave for uh, Warcraft 3 Reforged. So it's not out quite now, uh, but it will be coming next year. Um, and they oh, did say summer, right? So they did say what? Summer of 2019. I believe so, but I can't remember if it was for uh, Reforged or uh, WoW Classic. Maybe it was WoW I Classic. I think Classic, I'm pretty okay. sure. Cool. So there you go. You have a release window. Uh, for WoW itself, the one we're actually playing now, um, they talked about so 8.1, which we know a lot about already, 8.15, which is going to have a bunch of stuff, and 8.2 uh, and 8.25. So there's a ton of things coming. And I really encourage you to go to icveins.com uh, to check out all of the news. A couple of things I will point out um, that struck me. They're redoing... Um, they're redoing Warsong Gulch and Rafi Basing graphically. So they're upgrading them graphically. And it looks yeah, really good. Those looked amazing. I don't know if you guys got a chance to see. Yeah. I, I mean, I saw the, the video. It looks really good, right? Nice. Yeah. Um, so there was that. There was uh, uh, the, the Brawler's Guild is coming back. Um, there's Heritage Armor for Torrens and Gnomes. There's uh, uh, what's the Gnome City? Mecca. 
Ah, can't remember. We're going to the Gnome City. Uh, I can't remember the name. We're going to fight Ashara in 8.2. Um, we're go we're getting new models for the goblins and worgens. Um, there's a ton of content in there. Anything that struck you in particular? Um, maybe Strafton, you seemed excited about some of it. Or not? Sorry, which one? Oh, the, you know, in general, 8.1, 8.15, uh, anything that you thought was really cool? Uh, I'm not I'm not up on the numbers. I don't know exactly what all that is. But, uh... Sure. Okay. Well, you know, any of them <laughs> would be fine. But I think the, um, the, the remade uh, Battlegrounds is going to be... Oh, oh, by the way, talking about Battlegrounds, I know what's super exciting to someone who likes RTSs. You're going to be able to play Battlegrounds against uh, AI bots, you know, those advanced uh, AIs. I'm not sure why they're doing it or how it's going to be used exactly. I think maybe for some people it's more fun to play casually and they don't necessarily want the stress of PvP, so it's PvP without PvP. Um, they didn't give too much details about that, but there's going to be... I can't remember if it's going to be just a brawl or a, a full mode for uh, Battlegrounds, but there's going to be Battlegrounds versus AI. So um, that's I'm curious about that. And of course, you know, I, I barely mentioned there's uh, Nazjatar, which is a new uh, place we're going to go to. Um, there's for the Rise of Ashara, the uh, uh, patch uh, 8.2 or yeah, 8.2 or 8.25. And um, there's a, a long dungeon, like a, they call it an epic or mega dungeon um, that is gnome themed. And we're going to meet mecha gnomes. Um, there's a ton of stuff in there. So if you're interested in that, I think you're not going to be disappointed and uh, get all the news at uh, the WoW uh, section of Icy Veins. All right, let's stay in WoW-ish theme and talk about Hearthstone. Um, Aleko, what is the uh, uh, Rastakhan's Rumble? Uh, it feels like, uh, uh, you know, a another Hearthstone expansion, and they only talked about the cards, right? They didn't talk about the single-player content so much, but there's some special stuff with Loas and Trolls, and it's essentially the Stranglethorn Arena theme for, for this one. What can you tell us about it? What's cool? Yeah, so they, they've announced a few of the... Mostly the thematic elements, I'd say. Um, let me count the actual number of cards. 16 cards were revealed today. Um, across, uh, I think, all the classes, yeah. Some of them are really exciting cards, but uh, it seems like a, it's another one of these thematic sets that the designers were really, really excited about. Um, they get to deal with, you know, trolls. And uh, I had an interview um, with uh, with Dave Kosak and uh, Hadija Chamberlain, uh, which you can also check out on the Icy Vein site. And they, in particular, were saying things like getting to do all these, like, voice lines and, like, interactions and things with, like, trolls in the arena was like a very, very fun experience for them. So I think thematically, like if you like the Boomsday project, this might be another set along those lines where it's going to be like, you know, that sort of Hearthstone humor that uh, we've come to know and like. Yeah, um, and, so and trolls. Some some people are very excited about trolls. So <laughs> that's, yeah. uh, that's going to be the one for them. So as far as a single player, I think we're going to hear more about that tomorrow. There's going to be a panel tomorrow that'll talk about the single player stuff. So I, we don't know really much about it. I got to get my hands on a... Uh, uh, what was a tavern brawl that said that it had sh shared some thematic elements, 
Um, but uh, to be perfectly honest, it's very hard for me to get excited about Tavern Brawl. <laughs> so um, I'll, I love the single player campaigns, though. So I'll, I'll really uh, I'll be excited to see what they have to say about that. So I guess just to talk about uh, maybe a couple of mechanics. Sure. Um, the one big new mechanic they announced was Overkill. So that's a keyword wherein if you do something to a minion that deals more damage than necessary to kill it with the card, um, with whatever the amount of damage that the card is dealing, then you get an additional effect. So uh, the first, they revealed a weapon for Warrior, uh, Solthrays. Uh, it is a epic 4-4 weapon, so 4 attack and 4 durability. It costs 6 mana. With Overkill, you can attack again. So that means if there are 3 targets on board that have 3 health or fewer, because this is a, a four attack weapon. So you would overkill and be able to attack each of them that turn in succession. Um, you get so four attacks potentially from from one weapon in one turn. So this might be good against like an odd paladin deck or something like that. That where, seems uh, or, kind uh, of kind growth. of crazy. I mean, you're going to be taking damage for each of those potentially, but it seems mm -hmm. like a really powerful thing. Isn't that it doesn't it look like it can get out of control? Uh. Well, I mean, you're not going to be able to clear away big things, right? Like uh, anything mm. with four or more, because four isn't overkill, right? It's four attack, and four wouldn't get you that overkill. Right. Um, so it's it's good at clearing up little things. So I think it's going to inhabit interesting space. Um, it'll I think it'll be one of those really meta dependent cards where if you're facing a lot of targets that are three or less, then this card would be a great way of cleaning it up. But Warrior has never really had a problem with board clear anyway, so it's not right. like giving them another board clear tool likely won't put them over the top. I don't think. Um, another overkill card, this one's from Hunter, called Baited Arrow. Um, it is a spell that deals three damage, but if you get overkill, you summon a 5-5 five, five double sore. So as a five-mana spell that deals three damage, that's super underwhelming, right? But if you can get the ability to kill something that's two health or fewer and summon a 5-5 five, five double sore, then that's starting to sound like a pretty good deal. So uh, the overkill mechanic seems like there's a bit of play to it, like you have to make decisions, like, okay, should I try to... Like, do I do use it now because I really need to get this damage in and maybe I don't get the full effect that I want or do I wait until later so that I can try to get like greater effects off of this card? So I think that was really the sort of interplay that they were going for. But uh, I think we're probably going to see some more difficult over uh, overkill cards, like uh, more interesting ones perhaps uh, with more uh, card reveals going forward. Uh, I guess cool. the other thing would be that they, in particular, just in these first 16 cards, there's a couple of them that have just like pretty crazy effects. So just very quickly, um, there's Void Contract, which is an 8-mana epic spell for Warlock. Destroy half of each player's deck. Uh, <laughs> so will I this guess... be good? I don't know. But that's an exciting effect. I, I'm not sure how you would use it. Like, do you try to get rid of all of your deck as quickly as possible or to, to not have it affect you? I guess not. Maybe you try to mill the opponent's deck or I, I i have no idea how that would work but it's it's a weird exactly card. you could do both you could mm. maybe like in a mechathune deck if you already had mechathune you could try to get rid of your cards or if you're against you just want to mill your opponent's deck you could do something like that so like it it seems like there's there's quite a few cards in, in this first batch here that are kind of outside of the sort of more standard you know types of cards that you would, would expect to see i guess um right. so whether or not that persists through the rest of the expansion i guess we'll see But um, my initial impressions of these first 16 were that quite a few of them had sort of uh, exciting or non-standard effects attached to them. Cool. Um, and then there's a the whole thing with the Loas and the Spirits and, and all of those things that have quirky mechanics. I don't know if you want to go over uh, uh, maybe one of them uh, or if that's not that interesting. 
Oh, sure. No, actually, is I think it's a pretty key element to the set. This is something they really wanted to play up. So a loa is like the uh, it's like the spirit animal for each class. So each class will have a loa, and uh, so the one that they revealed was uh, Shervala the tiger for paladin. It's a twenty-five mana cost beast. It's a seven-five. That's right, twenty-five mana. It has divine shield, rush, and life deal, and of course a mana reduction effect. It costs one less for each mana you've spent on spells this game. So, I mean, if you can get this all the way down to zero, a zero mana, seven, five with Divine Shield, Rush, and Lifesteal seems pretty good, right? But uh, you're not going to be able to play this for quite some time. So this seems like one of those cards where we're maybe going to have to get a lot of other cards to be revealed to make this playable. Mm. But the thing that they wanted to play up was that these cards specifically have a lot of interplay with the uh, Spirit cards. So we didn't get the Spirit card for Paladin. We'll have to see if it uh, helps out Travala or the Tiger or not. But we did get to see the one for Rogue. Uh, it's a zero three. All of them have stealth for one turn. All of these cards, they cost, I'm not sure if they all cost four mana or not, but they're all zero threes that stealth for one turn. And then they have, uh, an ability. So this one is your minions battle cries and combos trigger twice. So that's one that can get out of control in a hurry. If you can be doubling all your battle cries and your combo stuff, you can set up some huge turns. And since these cards are rare, you can put two of them per deck. So it really seems like they're trying to push specific kinds of strategies and also that they want these cards very specifically to play the spirit cards to be playing with the lower cards. Yeah, it's, I mean, to, being able to have two of them, that seems like, a, yeah, a recipe for, I don't know, chaos at least for sure. So Yeah, exactly. Um, and and the expansion will be will be out early December, I believe. Yeah, I believe the fourth. Yeah, something like that, yeah. fourth or fifth. So it will be, you know, it's in the tradition of Hearthstone for BlizzCon. So, looking forward to that. Anything else to add uh, for Hearthstone, or do we move on to Heroes of the Storm? Yeah, I guess the one thing I'd like to add is that um, I'm a little disappointed we didn't get any other news about Hearthstone. Like like I mentioned on the last podcast, yeah, there's a lot of news in the card game world right now. There's a lot of a lot of other card games that are new and you know shaking things up and trying big things. And from everything that I've heard and everything that I've been following, there's going to be some kind of announcement or some kind of shakeup that will be coming to the way that uh, the Hearthstone, uh, I guess, competitive scene is organized. What that is exactly, um, you know, I, there's a very limited subset of people that actually know that information, but. Uh, it is something that's in the works. That's something that I, you keep hearing is that there's, they're really going to change the way that the scene's oriented. And so it's kind of surprising to me that they didn't announce something like that in BlizzCon, uh, especially in the wake of, I guess, no other really major announcements, I guess, and for the rest of BlizzCon, outside of, or at least surprising ones, outside of maybe the uh, Warcraft 3 Reforged. So yeah, uh, that's which... something I, I definitely feel a little um, uh, just disappointed that we didn't get any other big Hearthstone news. Yeah, I think, I mean, Warcraft 3 Reforged is big for some people, but it's also only big because there isn't a lot bigger at this BlizzCon. Uh, I think it's fair to say this is not the BlizzCon for the big announcements. Like, it's not the biggest BlizzCon ever is a is a, a way of putting it. So Definitely. personally, having skipped it, I guess, you know, I've been to most of them. There have been others where, you know, they it wasn't the most exciting ones. Like, I remember the one where uh, Chris Metzen came out and, and started screaming, uh, geek is which was a fun celebration of the geek community but it was essentially their thing for the blizzcon and people were underwhelmed as well for that one which is understandable i think it's in that same category more or less um so yeah i think it's fair to 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 say that um 
All right, let's let's talk about uh, Heroes of the Storm for a second, and uh, and make sure that Strafton doesn't fall asleep after having stayed awake for I guess like uh, thirty six hours or something like that. Uh, so they announced a, a couple of things for Heroes. Uh, the first one, of course, is the new hero, which is not from the other uh, Warcraft games, and that is something that we kind of talked about in in previous episodes, and um, that is finally coming to fruition. I, I kind of said they are running out of big characters, or they, they are realizing that at some point they will run out of characters to include, so they, they're creating a lore within uh, uh, the, the game of Heroes of the Storm to create characters out of, well... The, the that universe um what did you think about orfea is she like thematically and gameplay wise uh is she cool did she uh do a good impression what did you think uh my only disappointment with her is that she wasn't random man uh, but she plays and is designed really well there's a lot of polish on her uh she's balanced i think in terms of like certain kits are really hard to balance by turning knobs because they're just inherently broken so i think genji's a good example of that they've tweaked numbers on him over and over and over and he's problematic in ranked play and in high level play especially um you know pro scene he's just been a problem ever since release right. um i think she's really well designed and I don't think that she will be a problem, but I also don't think that she won't be useless. Like uh, certain heroes, I mean, every hero has a place, but certain heroes don't see much play. Like you don't see much Probius, uh, you know, so I think she'll be a staple, but she's got a little bit of, she has decent wave clear. Um, she won't be able to take on like real large waves, like mul multiple waves at once, but she has good single wave clear on a relatively uh, I don't know, like 10 second cooldown or something. So um, she's going to be able to lane decently. She has good hero damage. She has very good mobility as long as she's landing her abilities. Uh, if you start missing your abilities, though, then you're going to be kind of walking. So what's um, what's the mechanic that means you... Does it re uh, reduce the cooldown on one of your mobility abilities if you land uh, the other <laughs> ones? Well, she doesn't have mobility abilities per se. Uh, she has, uh, so her Q gets a greatly reduced cooldown and greatly reduced mana cost, just baseline, as long as you land it. And when you land it on an enemy hero, uh, it gives you sort of like a short dash afterwards. Ah, okay. So you can so enter a direction right. after landing the ability and then kind of go in that direction. So you can use it to kite, you can use it to chase, you can use it to reposition uh, sideways. Um so okay. it's very useful. And then, go ahead. Oh, uh, no, finish up. I was going to ask about the... the it, she seems like an anime character to me, which is not necessarily a bad thing in the... Yeah. Um, I the... actually thought, yeah, when she was revealed and they had the video, I was like, this is a cool anime. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. It has a, a, a like, weird style, but... Really, uh, my thought. Yeah, go ahead. She's a, she's a really cool character. Her um, animations are just top-notch on her abilities. Very nice-looking. Um, that's the feedback fact, I've heard as well uh, I've heard a few people say that the animation is uh, above uh, the other characters there was a, a fun yes. uh, exchange on, uh, yeah, I mean, the, on Reddit yeah. when, when her abilities were kind of showcased 
and first revealed the crowd was the loudest, I think, uh, from the whole event that I heard. Yeah. Um, I don't know, maybe Reforged had a similar response <laughs> in the Heroes of the Storm section, but um, yeah, people were really, obviously really impressed with what it looks like. Cool. I'm kind of blown away. It's not what you expect from the game. Um, uh, going back to the mobility, she has some talents that also add a little bit. Like, uh, she has this ability called Chomp that's just sort of like an AOE arc in front of her. And yeah, uh, she has this weird, can, like, I don't know, power pet, which is a giant maw essentially that chomps stuff. So, just if people haven't seen uh, her, so but yeah, go ahead. I'm, yeah, I'm done interrupting you. Oh, it's fine. Uh, yeah, it's exciting stuff. That's basically all of her abilities is like this pet or. I don't, I don't know what it is, but yeah, some kind of pet or summon or something. Um, they all revolve, all of her abilities revolve around using that. So, yeah, there's a talent where hitting Chomp, which is fairly easy to hit, um, will put launch you backwards. And so you can use it to launch yourself away from melee characters if you want to. Uh, won't be good against all team compositions because... Sometimes you're not going to want to get launched away when you use that. But it's another option to increase your mobility if you need to. All right. And just uh, the fact that her Q has the built-in cooldown reduction really makes it feel good to land your abilities because you can start chaining these together and make really awesome plays as long as you're uh, landing them. So it's very rewarding to play her when it works. And even when it doesn't work, um, like I failed a bunch doing the combos and then you'll just combo out of control one time and like wipe the enemy team. It just feels very good. <laughs> that Yeah, that seems like a good uh, a good feeling. It's, it's cool because I think the first non you know other games character they had to land uh the the presentation and it seems they did so that's pretty cool uh the other thing is they did announce a bunch of uh gameplay changes for uh coming in 2019 um kind of in the same way they changed the uh me base mechanics of the game last year uh can you yeah. tell us about the, the maybe the two most important ones and their design intent how how are they going to change the game or the flow of the game yeah uh it's almost like a gameplay rework i i think it's it's definitely as big a change as removing tower ammo but it's uh a better change i think mm -hmm. um a lot of people wanted tower ammo And they confirmed today they're they're not going to go in that direction. They're not going to reverse on that. They're leaving tower ammo out. But these changes uh, kind of make up for that. Um, it's going to change the fundamentals of how experience works in a lot of ways. So one way they did go back to an old way is so like currently when you capture a minion, you get experience. And when the enemy clears it, they don't get any experience. And so the metas kind of become just capture and forget mercenary camps. You just want to like paint the map and get that XP and forget about the minion. It just marches and deals damage to structures. You get XP from the structures and it's a win for you. You get an XP advantage this way. Um, <clears throat> they're changing this so that now when you clear the mercenary camps, uh, you know, an enemy captures a mercenary camp, you kill it, you get full experience from it. So there's no experience gain from just capturing the camp. 
they've removed all of the experience from forts and keeps and uh, I think greatly reduced the experience from towers. And so now most of the experience, they did increase um, passive experience. So just passively, you'll get slightly more, I think by 15%. But most of the experience you're going to get is from killing minions and uh, mercenaries, of course, but it's not really a positive on the mercenaries because both teams will get the same eventually. Um, they added catapults to... So now when you kill a fort, every three waves will spawn one catapult. Um, well, three catapults, or two catapults. One in each lane, anyways, however many lanes there are. Yeah. Uh, and so this is going to be interesting because... Like the mercenaries now, it's going to be sort of a double-edged sword. It could be very snowbally with the right comps. Uh, they immediately announced Sylvanas is getting a rework because that's where everybody's head went <laughs> right away. Uh, so you're not going to be like crazy pushing with these catapults mm. early. But um, so and over... specialists are being removed from the game. Uh, they're being put into different categories, and I expect they'll be reworked slowly over time. I see. So overall, they're trying to push people, just so tell me if I understand correctly, they're trying to push people to uh, play more in lanes, like to actually push? Or is that, am I misunderstanding the design intent there? It's a good, it's a good understanding. So what's going to happen is if you capture a mercenary camp or if you have a catapult, you have some kind of lane enhancing passive pressure. Mm. It's going to push experience away from your team and it's going to ball up experience for the defending team. Oh, so, it, so it balances out a little bit, I guess? The threat the threat of the ball of minions and mercenaries is that can destroy structures, which that's the objective of the game, is to destroy the core of the enemy. But it, it is a double-edged sword. You can't just let it passively push anymore, because if you let the like one enemy hero can go soak all of that, and they're going to get a gigantic experience... Whereas if you don't secure the structures with those, you're not benefiting at all. And even if you do destroy the structure, like the minion just passively destroys it, you're not getting any experience for that. And so it gives defending teams a better way to come back, I think. Mm. I, I think that's what they were trying to do with this design. Okay. I mean, time will really tell. We need to see this hit live and see how the meta develops, but uh, just capturing mercenaries and forgetting about them isn't going to be as good, that's for sure, as it is right now. All right, cool. Um, so we'll see how it works out uh, in the actual game once it is on the, you know, it starts happening. That's going to be, uh, I guess Orphea is coming fairly soon. Uh, the gameplay changes are going to be coming in 2019, so it's not here yet. Um, oh, by the way, I completely... I completely forgot about... Sorry, did you want to add something? Um, I think that's it for me right now. Uh, okay, cool. Can't think of anything else. Sure. No, sorry. I thought you were... You they were, did, uh, they you did mention to... some armor changes. Uh, armor won't be stacking anymore. So if like uh, you have an armor ability of your own and then Uther heals you, you're not going to get those stacking anymore. Right, Maybe right. At so, 25 so... or 30 or something. Yeah, they're not gonna. You're not gonna choose your comp trying to stack as much armor as possible, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. So 
that sounds pretty cool. I'm more excited about Orfea, which, by the way, everyone at BlizzCon or who has the virtual ticket gets for free. So that's a good way of getting people to uh, try the game again. I might jump in. Um, I, I completely forgot talking about the uh, cinematics for WoW. There's one with uh, uh, Anduin and Sourfang, which is pretty cool. There's the Terror of Dar Darkshore, the uh, new Warfront, with they actually make uh, uh, Malfurion look really badass, which I didn't think was possible. So that's kind of cool as well. But uh, there's so much to talk about on WoW. I don't think we can get to everything. So instead, let's talk about the second to last game, uh, Overwatch. And I think, Aleko, you got to play the new character, which was introduced with a really cool cinematic uh, that included McCree. And the new character was the only announcement for Overwatch, aside from, you know, the World Cup, where sadly, I mean, we're all, you know, incredibly disappointed that... Oh, crap. Is that a spoiler for people who want to watch it later? Maybe... You, I, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, it's okay. Well, yeah. since we've already talked about it, too, so, you know. Uh, well, then, in that case, that's fine. That was a weird yeah. uh, <laughs> World Cup. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the, the character is Ash. She's kind of a uh, female uh, cowboy or cowgirl. Not really, but like a uh, gangster from the Wild West in the world of Overwatch. Really cool a design. Bandita. Yeah, yeah. I believe it's a preferred term. Yeah. Um, so can you describe her to us a little bit and uh, your impressions? Did you play her? Yeah, I did. I got to play like three or four games um, in the uh, like the press area. Um, in both games, like all six people on both teams were pretty much just playing her. So <laughs> it was a little bit of a, you know, uh, an interesting experience in that regard. Yeah, that's, that's how I it usually happens. Part of a real team composition. But I mean, totally understandable, of course, given everyone wants to try the new character. Um, she is uh, basically inhabiting a space somewhere between like Widowmaker and McCree. Um, she has this rifle that has 12 shots and they're all single shot on them. Um, and the shots all like reload one by one, right? So think of like one of those old school like rifles that you'd see in like the Westerns and stuff where you, you fire shots and you have to like put each like bullet back in. It's like that. So if you empty your clip, it takes longer to reload all the stuff. Um, she has a uh, pretty long the, range. So the, um, the reload, you just pull down the, the handle and put it back up and it reloads. Mm -hmm. But then when you're out of mm -hmm. bullets, you have to put them one by one and you can stop mm -hmm. midway through. Like if you put three bullets in, you can start shooting again. Uh, but it does take mm -hmm. a long time to put all 12 in the in the gun. Yeah, I guess about five or six seconds even to like put mm -hmm. all 12 back. But like if you put like three or four back, then you can just like jump right back and start yeah. shooting again too. So there's a balance to it. Um, but she's, so the, the gun has the range, like, uh, so I'd say, like, if you're firing, so you can right-click and you get a reticle, like, like Widowmaker. It's not, like, a long, long-range reticle. It's, like, a little bit more zoomed in, like, 10% more zoomed in or something. And it'll do a little more damage, and you have a slower rate of fire. Um, and when you're not zoomed in, then it's, you know, slightly less damage and a faster rate of fire. Um, but you can do, like, if you're hitting headshots from long distance, like, you don't kill, you don't kill a 200-health target. Like, you're not, like, Widowmaker, where you can one-shot people. But uh, headshot, body shot will drop someone um, with the right click. And she's very good at finishing off targets. So I feel like she's going to be a character, like, where if your team's communicating and, like, calling out targets, or, like, especially if you're with a Zenyatta, um, if Zen throws a Discord orb on someone and then you can click their heads, uh, she's going to be able to do a ton of damage. 
So the rest of her kit is quite interesting. She's like, so one of the weaknesses of McCree is that he's a basically zero uh, mobility character. Even though he's like hit scan and he's great at killing pharaohs and stuff, he is, you know, very, very low mobility. Um, she's quite high mobility. Um, she has like the shotgun that she fires with her shift, um, where if you fire it um, like in front of you, um, then you'll knock back whoever's in front of you and shoot them back. It does pretty low damage. I couldn't exactly figure out how much, but it's not a high amount. Um, and you'll knock yourself back. Um, but if you fire it straight into the ground, you jump up quite high. Like it's a noticeable shift, like in, in terms of like how high you actually get pushed up when you shoot her shift into the ground. So like um, I got to play in like Rialto and you were going into like the second level of all the balconies with her with her shift on that. Oh, or, nice. like, if you're okay. on like uh, if you're on like uh, 76, like you're getting on like the on on top of uh, the uh, I'm sorry, 66. If you're on Route 66, you'll like jump up on top of the uh, gas station or anything like that like, easily. Like you get like almost as much as a Farah rocket jump, I would say. Wow. Um, a Farah okay. shift. It's quite high. So you can use her to like sneak up behind people. You can use that as like a Widowmaker type um, like grapple to like set up shots. So like, you know, you can just like peek an angle, right? So like direct behind a wall, you can like shoot, shift yourself up, get it like get a quick shot and jump back down like unexpectedly, or also just use it to like push people off the map. So that that was really sweet. Um, her <laughs> E is like a like a, a stick of dynamite that um, does it applies a, a damage over time like a fire effect and I think all told um, you do like over a hundred damage if you've hit the whole number on it. Um, it's quite it's a very strong ability if you actually get it all off and you can shoot it when it's in midair to like trigger it earlier, which is a really badass effect. To, right, like, because it takes a long time for the the fuse to burn, but if you shoot it, it blows up immediately. So that's kind of a exactly. fun thing, yeah. Yeah, so it's that's a it's quite long range too, so it's pretty strong. Um, but, and then uh, there's the ultimate. Yes, and then there's Bob, <laughs> good old Bob. <laughs> so you'll see Bob as part of the uh, cinematic if you watch that, which I'd highly recommend. Um, but uh, she goes like, "Be useful." What she say? Like, a, "Do something, Bob." Yeah, Bob, do that's something. Her. Yeah, yeah, like get in there, Bob. Is what the, I think she says if she's on the other team. And he's like a basically a super high powered sentry turret. He's an omnic, and he has like uh, like a wrist gun. And he won't, you put him in an area, he won't move. Like you aim at an area, he'll go there. And anything he sees, he tears to pieces. He does well, a very high all, DPS. He lands from the sky or something, and then he rushes towards an area and bumps everything in the air. So there's a, a kind of a bump effect as well. And then he starts shooting, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's all, it's, it seems like a very strong ultimate. If you save it for like a, you can use like an area denial tool or just like to totally flip a team fight. Um, it's a very high amount of damage. He melts squishies. Like it, you have to just like get out of visibility. Really, um, he has twelve hundred health, so you can kill him. Like, um, and I think he lasts about ten seconds or so on the map. I, I couldn't get an exact timer on it, um, but it seems like uh, like the alt is definitely going to be a high source of her her damage, like a significant percentage. Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah it's, it's funny when go ahead when they were announcing him. I was uh, I was laughing. Because he kept the, it, he kept focusing and saying, uh, "She's super high skill cap." I think he said it two or three times. I'm just thinking to myself, how many times play of the game is going to be Ash dying and Bob killing the enemy team? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. They they even mentioned it in the, uh, the I can't remember how it's called the deep dive panel that uh, Bob is actually like a seventh character for for the team. And he can contest uh, areas. He can like do a, yeah. a bunch of those things. So yeah, it reminds me of uh, Gargantuan. Uh, you know, Gary the Gargantuan for Nazebo. 
Yeah, in Diablo. Kind of like an extra player. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, in uh, Heroes of the Storm, like oh, you right, summon right. the gargantuan. It's just like having it, having another tank or all. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, she looks like a really cool character. I'm looking forward to playing her. The, definitely the design is a, uh, is a winner. Um, I will echo, however, Aleko's uh, sentiment about Hearthstone that it's cool and we have the uh, World Cup viewer uh, client that is essentially a beta test for the a very solid replay capability, which is pretty cool. But I would have liked to see something a little bit more, something a little bit different for Overwatch, as we said in the previous episode. So there is a little bit of that happening as well. Of course, uh, we got the confirmation of something we had heard about before, which is the Lucio O's uh, morning breakfast cereals. Uh, which, yeah, yeah, they're not going to be coming to Europe anyway, I guess. So that is not the... the <laughs> I'm the... sure you can get them from Amazon, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be paying the transportation uh, for those to, to be imported into Europe. Um, I, I, I would like to at least taste them, I suppose. It would be fun, but... Um... So that's a, that's a fun joke, but it's actually happening. It's a partnership with Kellogg, I believe. Uh, but yeah, overall, Ash looks like a really solid new character. The what? Sorry. Oh, I, I figured we we're transitioning to Diablo soon, so I was saying. Speaking of fun jokes. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, uh, I, let's move on from Ash, which again, really cool. Uh, Overwatch character, but it's it's quote unquote just a character. To finally, the thing that everyone has been waiting for for us to talk about, Diablo Immortal. Um, so I I I do want to preface this a little bit. Um, there's a, a very strong reaction on the internet, I think, which I can understand. Um. Uh, but I also feel a little bit like the this is overreaction uh, to an extent. I, I understand the shock of they are doing a game that is not for us. That's the feeling. Um, but at the same time, it's also, I think, okay for Blizzard to do a game that is addressing another um, community of gamers if the game is cool, which is still a possibility, there's a lot of things happening there. So, okay, for people who don't know, Diablo Immortal is essentially what it feels like uh, is a, a free-form adaptation of Diablo 3 on mobiles. It's going to be available on iOS and uh, Android, and it takes a lot of the assets of Diablo 3 and repackages them into a mobile game that is, and that's one of the rubs, kind of co-developed by NetEase, which is a Chinese company that develops these kinds of games already. Um, there's a few people that suggested, oh, it's a reskin of an, an existing NetEase game, which is, which is called uh, Endless of God. Um, and it's true that there are a lot of similarities. It's possible they took the same engine, um, but, you know, at the same time, there are, there are a few ARPGs on mobile and they all look kind of similar because they are very inspired for Diablo. So it's, it's not that surprising that a Diablo on mobile would look kind of like them. Uh, but we don't know how involved NetEase is. So it kind of feels like did they uh, um, uh, license out the IP? How involved are, th are they in making sure that the game is, is good and playable? Um, and at the same time, it is definitely a play for that 
almost MMO market on mobile, which is really big, especially in China. And partnering with NetEase, which is a Chinese company, is definitely uh, a play for that market and for China. Um, so I feel like as PC slash console gamers, this game is designed for another audience. I do question whether they should have announced it at BlizzCon or not. I'm not sure because it's not the right audience, maybe. Um, but I guess it all hinges on how good it actually feels to play. Um, and I've gotten a lot of feels from the Hearthstone announcement where people were really angry when it was first announced. Um, I was working at the company then, and I can tell you people in the room were super pissed about Hearthstone because they were expecting, you know, Blizzard was a company that made like huge games like Diablo and Starcraft and Warcraft and like they wanted Warcraft 4 or something. Um, but then when people put their hands on it, uh, they understood that the game was really cool. And in the presentation, the, the Diablo developers, White Chang and others, really emphasized the fact that, you know, the controls feel good on mobile. You might not believe it, but when you try it, you will, you will agree, uh, kind of. Uh, and the game is a full Blizzard quality game. So I guess it all hinges on that. And where I, I start to be a little bit worried is that uh, Dead Set, you got your hands on it and it seems you're not super excited. So I'm going to move or you know, give you the mic and you can talk about it as much <laughs> as you want. But um, sure. is, it, is it like, does it control well? Or not? No, or is it, is it the I fact mean, that... Uh, are, are you not excited because it's not the game you were expecting? So anyway, go ahead. Yes, go nuts. the latter. For what it is, I feel it is going to be a competent game uh, as a mobile RPG. I don't think the standards are super high to begin with. Uh, it controlled really nicely. It felt sticky and satisfying combat-wise, the same way that Diablo 3 feels for the PC, which... I would say it's a significant accomplishment for mobile gaming. Uh, it's just that I'm not really a mobile gamer, and it's hard to get excited about what's essentially Diablo 3 assets and uh, stripped-down RPG elements on a mobile device, right? <laughs> yeah, um, I, can, I can see that, but the, uh, I, yeah. have a, I have a question then. Is it... Sure. Uh, that, you know, I'm not a... You know, you might say, you know, I, I don't like... Uh, I don't know. I don't like chicken until you eat a really good, well-cooked piece of chicken. And then you're like, oh, this is not bad. Maybe chicken is not the best example. But, you know, oh, this is not bad. I could see myself eating this uh, uh, every once in a while. Um, it, is it a case of, well, I'm not a mobile gamer because I have never found a mobile game that I actually like? And and if I do, then oh, maybe oh, I will this, play or... or um... Well, uh, it's probably because it doesn't fit my uh, playstyle needs as a gamer. Like, I, I feel that mobile gamers are mostly people that commute a lot or uh, spend a lot of time away from electronic devices or rather electronic devices that are able to run games. Like, you maybe game on your way home or to work or on the toilet seat or something that's not the way i play for the uh, most part so because you and, like and me uh you have a pc in in your toilet to make sure that you can play uh the oh yeah, time. That yeah no would exactly be the dream case but <laughs> dream scenario uh 
I guess it's uh, geared towards a more casual audience. That's definitely the intent there, and maybe open up new people to the Diablo franchise. But as you said, maybe it did not have to be a BlizzCon announcement, or if it was, if if, if it was a BlizzCon announcement, it should have been alongside something to satisfy the core audience that is attending said event. That mm. is definitely. Uh, <clears throat> a bit of a stab yeah, right in the yeah. feels when <laughs> your core franchise and one of the pillars that build Blizzard to what it is is relegated to a mobile game, and that's it. Like there just there's not even a mention of the PC version or any updates to Diablo three as the existing um, title or any future titles or remasters or whatever. Uh, at at a point a few weeks ago, I think things really started to look like it's going to be a mobile game announcement, but there was also the significant hope for something extra, maybe a Diablo 2 remaster or a Druid DLC or both or anything really. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to lie. I feel like I'm left out to dry. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think I, I think it, you're. It's a sour feeling. Sorry, I, I can't really put a positive spin on it. I've tried to <laughs> justify it in my mind, and I really just couldn't. No, I think you don't have to. I think a lot of the community is feeling that way, and that's understandable. Um, personally, I think uh, my my expectations were set as they, you know, they tried really hard to tell us, "Hey, guys, we're not going to be announcing Diablo 4. But what kind of pulls me back up is uh they essentially said but we're working on it you know it's not quite ready yet but yeah well i know you have a podcast that's about general gaming right yeah they could have pulled a bethesda i'm not sure you know what i'm talking about like they did their e3 conference where they talked about fallout 76 and that's a bit of a controversial title because usually fallouts are single player games and 76 is a multiplayer title uh not all of the fans are on board and Bethesda was really smart about that, and they announced, uh, talked a lot about 76, and right at the end, they gave a 10-second, like, no features shown, no nothing special teaser with the title Elder Scrolls VI. And easily, easily, Blizzard could have done a Diablo logo reveal that just the logo goes up in flames. They don't have to show any specific place, specific gameplay, or anything like that. Just get the community hype that something big and meaningful is happening for the core audience. You know, No matter I, how far it is in the future. Right? I completely agree that this would have made a lot of people in the core audience happy. But um, I think that would have overshadowed the announcement of Diablo Immortal. And remember that no matter what we think... These things are primarily a way to drum up hype for their games to make money. You know, these are companies that are trying to make a lot of money. And it's been the way even when they announced games that you were excited about. The difference was you were excited about those and not about this one. So I'm saying you, not you dead set, but you as in us, the gamers. (laughs) Um, So I think the goal here is to get the whole world to know this is going to be a game that is going to be available for for you to play on your mobile. And the people who are interested in that, um, again, I believe 
more specifically in China, but possibly, you know, there are a lot of people who don't play games on PCs or on consoles. And those people, oh, I, I think... Of course, yeah, of course. I think those people are going to be uh, possibly excited about having a semi-MMO. I say MMO, uh, I didn't mention. You're going to have like a social area where you can meet and yeah. see other people. You're they are have referring dungeons. to it as an MMO. Yeah, yeah, they, they, uh, right. They are referring to it as an MMO. So it's got a more involved multiplayer uh, co-op uh, aspect than Diablo does. So there are a lot yeah. of people who are going to be excited about this. I think it's okay if it's a game that is not for us. And to get back to what you were talking about, about Diablo 4 and a teaser, they could have done it. It would have gotten us excited. It would have overshadowed. People would have said, oh, you know, Diablo Immortal, whatever. I'm really excited for Diablo 4. But they can achieve essentially the same effect by actually announcing Diablo 4 next year. If they do, you know, I don't know that they will, but I think they oh, might. Um, and at I've that been thinking point, about that for the past few years. Like, I'm past the point of uh, yeah. <laughs> speculating about that. But I mean, whenever they end up announcing it, I, think, I don't think the reaction of people is going to be, I don't care about Diablo 4 because you announced Diablo Immortal last year or two years ago people are going to be excited about Diablo 4 no matter what, right? So I, I don't think they would be gaining a lot uh, in, in practice uh, when it comes down to, to uh, communications effect if they had announced, uh, uh, shown, a, well, maybe they would have. Maybe the goodwill would have been preserved. Maybe it does hurt the goodwill. Yeah, to I have think done they're that. pissing away goodwill by doing mm -hmm. that, but, you know. Yeah, maybe. It's possible. I guess so. Um, one thing I would want to add another, to all another, of what you said. Oh, go, uh, go, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Strafton, and uh, then we'll go to. I was going to say something positive. We could maybe a positive light we could look at this from because I'm also kind of disappointed with how the mobile game looked and how similar it looked to uh, other games mentioned earlier. But um, a positive thing is they had a big emphasis on, and this was right as they were revealing uh, Warcraft Three Reforged. They mentioned an emphasis on Blizzard Classic games as like a, something they're focusing on, and they've demonstrated this with StarCraft and WarCraft now. And he didn't say like, "Oh, we're done with your head." Other classic games, more classic games are there. Uh, Strafton, as... you're you're breaking up quite a bit. I think your internet yeah. is is fighting you. Um, can you repeat what you were saying? Go ahead. I think you might have come come back. Or not? Uh, nope. Sorry, we can't really hear you. So I'm I'm going to go to Aleko, and then we'll come back to you, Strafton. Maybe your internet will, will be better then. Uh, what were you going to say, Aleko? I think Strafton was saying, essentially, they put an emphasis on classic games, so we might see remakes of one, Diablo 1 and 2 at some point, but uh, I'll ask him again later. Yeah, Aleko, what were I you going to say? I think that's... I think that's probably what he was getting at. But yeah, of course, I'd let's like to hear it from the horse's mouth. Oh, whoops. Uh, I was just going to add that uh, I think the kind of unfortunate truth for gamers like, you know, me and Strafton and uh, Deadset or this kind of more hardcore, like almost like PC only type gamers. Hey, you that, can include uh, me in that gang. What, why am I being too. left out? I, I'm a, I'm yeah, you too, of gamer. course. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I, I uh, shouldn't have been so excited. <laughs> um, but, you know, for people like us, um, the kind of unfortunate truth is that these mobile markets are massive. And I would immediate, I would project just based on my market knowledge, Patrick, you, you know much more that uh, this would probably be immediately 
a huge moneymaker for Blizzard. Like I would, yes, I would imagine that absolutely. this game, like it's going to draw in a market far beyond any sort of core gaming audience. And I would, I would project this to be a massive, massive source of income. So from a business perspective, it's really hard to argue against it. Um, whether or not that translates into the things that we want in the future, um, that's TBD, right? Maybe it means like, oh, great, we did this. Now we could make even more casual games and even more games that will make us more money like this. Like, will that be the direction that Blizzard goes? I don't know. Maybe they'll say, okay, now, great, we have all this money. We can use it to make all these other projects that are our core audience is excited about. But the one thing, I think it is important to mention that. I would imagine that this would almost immediately be one of Blizzard's most profitable projects. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, it, there's no question that this is... Uh, 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 something that is going to be making a lot of money. And by the way, they didn't talk a single second about business model. They didn't say how they're going to be making money of this on this, which is probably the biggest, you know, whether or not it's Diablo on mobile or we want it or not is not really the biggest industry <laughs> question. The question is business model. How's it going to work? Is it going to be uh, quote unquote pay to win? I don't think so because I, I trust Blizzard for, for many things. Um, but that's the big question. Um, so that's something that's that's really important. But also, I think as you said, Aleko, there's no question. Oh crap! Strafton disappeared. That's yeah, so sad. Uh, maybe he fell asleep on his keyboard. Oh, he's back. Okay. Um, but th there's no question that they're working on Diablo Four. Like I, I, this is to me, a side thing. They're not even fully developing it. They're definitely partnering with NetEase. They, they could had communicate developers. that, though. Well, it, well again, some fashion. I think there's a, a big trauma on Blizzard having announced Diablo 3 way too soon in 2008 before it was released in 2012. And for four years, anything anyone could talk about was, yes, but Diablo 3, you know? And, and they were disappointed at this. So I think they really don't want to repeat the same mistake. Um, but yeah, maybe they could have been... Maybe they misjudged the reaction to this game. Maybe they thought, you know what? Diablo, quote-unquote, 3 on mobile? People are going to think it's cool that they can play Diablo on mobile. Maybe they didn't realize that the pushback would be so hard. It's possible. And if they did, oh, yeah. maybe they would have... Uh, they would have said something. I think they had a perfect example earlier this year with uh, EA doing what they did to Command and Conquer, another long-standing PC franchise, uh, very beloved RTS that got relegated to mobile devices, and EA had the goal to say that this should satisfy <laughs> all old hardcore RTS fans. So it's pretty I, much the same thing. To be I, honest, they had a perfect example of that not working out. So I think that. I personally think I disagree with you guys. I think the game will flop. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, you know, it out there. That will be interesting to come back to when they announce the results yeah, once it's indeed. out. We don't, we, we don't have a date, by the way, for the thing. Uh, I will disagree yeah. with you. It's like Command and Conquer because Command and Conquer is a franchise that he's has been forgotten uh, by EA and sort of used as a uh, an excuse to put that game out on mobile. Um, and the presentation was also very lackluster when they announced it. I think in this case. Uh, I mean, if they don't put out Diablo 4 within the next, I don't know, three years, uh, then or announce it within the next couple of years, then I might be concerned as you are. But I don't think it's the same because they're still working on a, a on our Diablo. You know, this is a thing that they're mm -hmm. giving to other people. So that's that's the way I, I approach it. I want to believe. I want to yeah. believe for sure. Like, <laughs> uh, I want to believe more than anyone. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm sure it's going to come, but uh, Strafton, you, you're, you're back. You wanted to add something about maybe remasters. Let's see if your internet is cooperating uh, a bit better. Yeah, they, they had mentioned that they're, they're work, they, you know, they have a team working on Blizzard Classic games. Yeah. And they said working on, like, as in currently, not as in we've finished, and here's Warcraft Reforged. So there's not that many classic games to go through. At some point, we're going to get a Diablo game maybe next year. But um, yeah, that's yeah. sort of a ray of sunshine to look forward to. Definitely the classic games. I mean, I, unless they start uh, uh, putting out Lost Vikings and uh, Rock and Roll Racing, <laughs> these things, which they might. Uh, the, the other big one is, is a Diablo 4K Blackthorn. <laughs> 4K Blackthorn, definitely. Um, so yeah, that's that's also something we can be looking forward to. But for me, I guess maybe I'm I'm heartened or not as pissed about Diablo Immortal because I honestly I don't see how they're not working on Diablo Four, you know. So for me, this is just a, like a detour in in the road. Uh, definitely a, a play for the MMO like games in China, especially who primarily play on on uh, mobile. Uh, and the partnership with NetEase makes a lot of sense. They've been working with them for ten years on uh, uh, I think um, I can't remember if they do well, but they definitely do Hearthstone in China. So. It's it's a thing that makes a lot of sense um, from a financial... And even, again, there are people who are not us, who only play on mobile, who might have fun with a Diablo 3 game. So, yeah, I get yeah. it. But, but, I'm but just yeah, I, really I also get that it's... I care about their business standpoints. I'm, I'm from the other standpoint. That's And that's and fair. Again, that's fair. Yeah, I don't that's care fair. about that. Uh, completely understandable. Um, but, again, Diablo 4 is coming, guys. I, it's it it's it's a bummer that it's not announced this year. But once it comes out and it's good, I hope uh, we won't care that it's late. What what's that that quote? Um, Better late than never. No, or? no. I think the quote is. I think it was Miyamoto who said, "If if oh, people yeah. uh, uh, people won't remember that your game is late, they'll remember your game is bad or good." Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, so I, I think if they hadn't announced this it would have been the same BlizzCon without this. So it would have been very lackluster, like just as lackluster. But and, and, and people would have been less pissed off, I think. So it's a weird thing. But I understand the sentiment. So <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I think that's a good take on it, really. Like the idea, like if you just take away this announcement, like what, what's left? And it's it's not not as much as I think previous BlizzCons. So I think that's probably a, a good way to look at it. Yeah, I, I think the geek is BlizzCon had very little as well. So it's happened in the past, but but not a lot. I mean, there's still WoW Classic, which people were screaming out the top of their lungs for. There's a Warcraft 3 Remastered, and then two new characters and an expansion for Hearthstone, which, yeah, it's not a lot. It's definitely, let's say, the BlizzCon that I chose not to go to, I'm probably happy that's that one. So... Let's yeah. put it like that. <laughs> um, the all right. Insider info you. The what? Sorry. The insider info you. <laughs> I did not know anything. I I ask my my old colleagues all the time uh, from Lizard. Sure, sure. They don't. How they are don't we tell to believe me. you? 
<laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to be it for us. It's uh, like one in the morning for you guys, and uh, you yeah. are super tired, and you are waking up early tomorrow to go back to the show and uh, actually write more stuff, try more stuff, and uh, give us more more news. So I'll let you all go to sleep. Before we do, though, um, I guess Icy Veins, but do you want to tell us where we can find you, follow you on the internet? Let's start with uh, Strafton. Do you have a Twitter account uh, that you wanna that you wanna promote? Uh, just icy veins. I think that's it for me. Excellent. Um, Icyveins.com and check out our amazing guides and news articles. <laughs> check out our amazing guides. Um, I, I saw you had a uh, Twitter account, but you literally have two tweets on it. So I don't know if I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, I'm not exactly Donald Trump over here. <laughs> well, uh, let's go back to people who might be a little bit more Donald Trump-ish. Uh, Aleko, what about you? Where can people find you? <coughs> <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter at Aleko underscore P and on Twitch this, at the same handle. Uh, I don't think the show will be coming out in time. It may or may not, but I'm actually streaming from the BlizzCon floor uh, tomorrow morning at 9.30 PST. Um, so I guess if the show goes up in time, maybe <laughs> right. two people will drop by from that. But uh, if not, anyways, I'll I will be uh, I'll be using that channel a lot more. I've been off for a while while I was uh, in Greece, but I'm gonna have like a permanent residence with fast internet, so I'll be back in streaming. So uh, come check me out on Twitch. Excellent. Uh, and finally, dead set. I I feel uh -huh. bad just calling on you again. Uh, oh, it's okay. <laughs> Good times will come. I'm sure. Until well, then, I'm dead set pretty much everywhere. So regardless if you're on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, or wherever else, just find me there. Thank you. All right, cool. Thank you very much. And uh, I, there would be so much more to say. I'll leave it at that um and for me it's not patrick on twitter facebook and instagram you can find my shows at uh, frenchspin.com and you might be listening I, I i might put this segment out of on my pixels uh, uh feed the general gaming show you you mentioned earlier that said um and yeah. so if that's the case you are you might be listening to it on the Pixels feed. But if you're not, you might be interested in checking out that show because it's a show where we talk about gaming in general and uh, we go beyond the world of Blizzard and uh, you might be a gamer who's interested in other games as well. So go to your podcast app, search for Pixels, subscribe, and you'll get the new episodes every time they come out. And that will be pretty cool. That's going to be it for us. We will be back in a couple of weeks and we will talk about a ton of stuff again from the world of Blizzard. Thank you for listening and talk to you then. Bye. And that's going to be it. So that's a pretty meaty uh, BlizzCon special. I'm always sad that I can't uh, be there when I can't be there. It's been, you know, very rare, uh, a very rare occurrence that I, I couldn't go in the past 10 years, either as uh, for, for personal stuff or as my job when I was working for Blizzard. I've been like to, I don't know, nine BlizzCons in the in the past 10, 11 or 12 years. So um, it's, it's always a bittersweet moment being able to watch it from the comfort of my home with the virtual ticket but at the same time not meeting all of my friends who are there um, but you know 
with this, it kind of feels like I, I did hang out a little bit. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. We'll see if uh, I go there next year or not. But uh, I'm guessing maybe there will be some bigger announcements next year. So it might be a good idea to be there. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, so that's going to be it for the episode. Thank you so much again to all of the people who sent the uh, segments. As I said, I will put the uh, links to their Twitters in the show notes. So if you want to go check them out, uh, please do so. And we will be back uh, very soon for another regular episode of Pixels. And in the meantime, if you want to follow me, I'm not Patrick on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And uh, you can check out this show at frenchspin.com and comment, comment, and, and uh, tell us what you thought of everything. And uh, we will be back very soon with more gaming news. So stay tuned and we'll talk to you then. Bye. your passion into a business of Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.